Today's episode is brought to you by Path 11 TV, inspiring entertainment for the spiritually curious. With a Path 11 TV membership, you get instant access to over 100 hours of exclusive video content that explores consciousness, healing, and life after death. Also with the Path 11 TV membership, you can attend our monthly events and live streams free. In the past few months, we've already had medium readings with Drew Callie and Suzanne Northrup, along with a numerology session with Nicene Siegel and Chinese face readings with Marla Goldberg. Join us for our next event, July 21st, for another gallery reading, this time with medium Mark Schmidt. You can start your Path 11 TV membership for just $9.99 a month, or get two months free by getting an annual membership. Podcast listeners can save even more by using coupon code PODCAST30. This will take 30% off, making your first year only $70. That's only 20 cents a day. Don't hesitate, because this offer is only good for a limited time. All membership plans have a seven-day free trial. So start streaming with your membership to Path 11 TV today by visiting path11tv.com and start satisfying your spiritual curiosity with our exclusive library of inspiring entertainment. Now let's get to today's show. Hi, and thanks for tuning in to the Path 11 podcast. I am your host, April Hanna. At the Path 11 Podcast, we are here trying to deliver leading-edge research on consciousness, healing, and metaphysics. And just like you, we are trying to answer the big questions about life. Who are we? Why are we here? And what is our purpose? We hope by listening to our podcast, it will make each day you live on Earth a little easier to understand. And now for today's podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Path 11 podcast. Very excited about my guest today. Also want to remind you that if you would like to watch this podcast, head on over to Path 11 TV. We are putting all of the video podcasts over there for free. And while you're there, you might want to sign up for a seven-day free trial. But if you actually want to see this beautiful woman that I'm talking to, then watch it on Path 11 TV. But you can listen to it as well. That's all right with me. So the book I reviewed and I read with my guest today, Kate Ekman. She is the author of The Full Spirit Workout, and I absolutely love the cover of the book, so kudos to the artist who created it. And Kate is a Columbia University certified executive coach who works with leaders in business and sports, an expert in communications, performance, and mindfulness. She is a TV personality, accomplished entrepreneur, and former elite athlete. Kate is also a meditation teacher and course creator for Insight Timer, which is actually the meditation app that I have downloaded. And I didn't even realize that until I got your book. So now I'm going to follow you on Insight Tiber. And she is a fellow New Yorker, lives in New York City. So you guys know I have a soft spot for my fellow New Yorkers who come on the show. So Kate, welcome to the Path 11 podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's my absolute joy to be here. Yes. And it's so nice to meet you. And I just have to say that I really loved your book because it provided so much raw vulnerability. I mean, right from the beginning. And and so I, that's actually where I want to start. And my audience knows that, you know, I do mental health therapy on the side. So of course, when I began to read your story and saw that you had lost two people to suicide and that you were also, you know, it's, it felt like to me reading your book, part of your spiritual way 
awakening and kind of your come to moment was in the process of having a major panic attack in the streets of New York City. You know, you called your brother up and, you know, you can kind of get into that story. But that was that happened about six weeks after you had lost someone to suicide. So it wasn't just one, but it was two people. So that's really intense. And I really appreciate that you wrote about that and you decided to put it out, you know, on paper and really be brave to to speak about that. So that's where I kind of like to begin and jump in kind of in the raw stuff, because that's what these stories and the stories that you have change people's lives. And it gives them the courage to move forward. And not only did you experience the loss of two people, but that moment was also a pivotal moment as to whether or not you were going to take your life as well. So that was that's intense. So <laughs> I know you can handle it, but that's why I'm going there. So, uh, yeah. So let, let, let's open up with the tough stuff first. Yeah. And I appreciate you and your willingness to go there. And I think for anyone watching or listening, it's so important to remember that, you know, we all have, have good days and bad days and, and, you know, let's not even label them as such. It just is what it is. We're having human moments because even in this moment, I I'm feeling emotional and because it is emotional and it is tough and it's not even like it happened you know, 30 years ago, it was, this was, you know, six years ago. And, you know, New York City, Times Square is, is pretty panic inducing, even under the best of circumstances. But yeah, I write about in the book and in the introduction, like you said, I just get right into it because I, I really know no other way other than to just be extremely honest and candid and vulnerable and real, because quite frankly, it's so exhausting to pretend. And I think there's this misconception that if you look a certain way or you have a certain amount of money or experience a certain amount of material success that You've got it all together and you don't go through all these things. So I think the importance of of letting people in to that and that on the outside, just like my two friends I lost to suicide, we appear to have it all in every way, shape and form. And, and the fact that they chose to end their lives being the cream of the crop type, type of men with enviable really does shed light on how much I think everyone is struggling in some way and no one has it all together all the time. So I think the sooner we can just be real with ourselves and then in turn, everybody, the better. And, and, and thank God that I had the wherewithal to reach out to my brother, who's a physician that morning when I, I, I literally couldn't breathe and with stressed New Yorkers all around me, rush hour, midtown Manhattan and him prescribing me medication and having that moment at the pharmacy where I did contemplate taking the whole bottle of pills because I was just in so much pain. I, I didn't want to hurt myself, but I was so desperate for the pain to go away. And not only the grief of losing these two men to suicide so suddenly and tragically, but it also was that moment of, oh my gosh, how have you become this woman at the pharmacy right now? And I've always considered myself the happiest person I know, and my life is so great. And that was a moment where when my brother threatened to call the cops and I thought, oh my gosh, I, I had that moment of, you know, I got, I got to find a better way of living my life. Like this lifestyle is not sustainable. I need to put my well-being and mental and emotional health first and foremost, even if that means saying no to things or not, not going to the job that day or whatever it is. Even this morning, I woke up to the news of Naomi Osaka, the, the tennis star withdrawing from Wimbledon because of mental health and, and 
caring for herself first. And what a brave and bold move because we live in a culture that is all about success and performance and money and achievements and how great to achieve mental peace and, and health and, priori- and prioritize that. So really, it was so important for me to share my story to inspire others to really get to the core of who they are, come up with the keys for a better way of living, which I've outlined in the book, and and really start being honest with ourselves and taking better care of ourselves and the people around us. Yeah, thank you. And, you know, there was a a part in in the beginning of that story that was funny, but not funny, where you were like, I was crying, you know, in the middle, I'm in the middle of New York City streets, and I'm walking. The great thing about New York City is I was walking down these streets hysterically crying, and nobody cared to to listen or to stop me or to notice me. But that's also the bad thing about New York City too. You know, it's kind of like, here you are having this real strong emotional breakdown walking the streets of New York City. And I'm sure hundreds of people saw you from where you were to the point that you got to the pharmacy, you know, to pick up the medication, but yet nobody stopped, you know, nobody said, hey, are you okay? And there's a real disconnect there, I think, you know, that, it's just that, you know, that one little sentence in that book was just like something that you can meditate on for quite a while of just, you know, feeling that. So like in some ways there is that privacy, right? Okay, nobody look at me, nobody watch me, even though you see me, just don't talk to me. But then it was like, you know, I've heard stories about people contemplating suicide and it was, I think it might have been a famous story of like in, in San Francisco. And there was a guy that was walking and, and he had prayed to God and he said, if, if somebody asks if I'm okay then I won't jump. And somebody did. They asked if he was okay. You know, so just really interesting. And I thought it was interesting too, that you had asked your brother for Lexapro. Cause at first I'm like, well, Lexapro takes a long time to get into the bloodstream. This isn't going to stop her panic attack. I'm like, she should have asked for Xanax. <laughs> but um, <laughs> that would have gone her like to be okay within 20 minutes. But it was interesting because as I was thinking about that today, I thought, well, wow, I wonder if there really was this unconscious plan of, you know, give me the Lexapro so I could really down the bottle. You know, it's like so that you had access, you had the means, you had a plan, you know, and those are three really very dangerous things, especially being a, a mental health provider. I mean, though, that's what we assess, you know, suicidal ideation and thoughts is one thing, like the majority of the population will will have that. You'll come across suicidal thoughts in your lifetime. That's not uncommon. But where you start to get really concerned is when somebody has a plan. But if they don't have the means, not a big deal, right? But a plan and then the means to be able to do it, to carry it out, that's danger zone. So I think what's scary for me is that all it takes is a moment, a moment of forgetting who we are to end a life that is so beautiful and, and, and think of what could be. And I think that's the tragedy of men, heterosexual men in particular, who are taught not to show any emotion, have that stiff upper lip in the spirit of being a man and how unhealthy that is. And that's why it's so important for me to speak openly about this and to talk to college kids and start to get into high schools. And I work with a lot of student athletes because I was a student athlete my whole life. And well, my whole, uh, until I was 22 years old, because we don't have a lot of language around this. And there's so much emphasis on our physical health and what we look like physically, but not nearly as much attention is paid to how we look and feel on the inside. And we don't exercise our our spirits and our, our mental and emotional muscles. We're not training our attitudinal muscles. It's almost an afterthought. And I, I really am trying to make this mainstream language. It's things we talk about, 
I think just, you know, the tennis star, if, if you withdraw from the tournament because of an injury, a physical injury, oh, okay. But what if you're, you're mentally not there? Then it's this big thing. And even people dealing with the loss of a loved one, it's kind of like, I'm so sorry, take the weekend. We'll see you back at work, working full-time, 12-hour a day, hardcore on Monday. And just the disservice that we do not to just ourselves, but each other, and especially in, in American culture and the, the stress and the hustle and how that's glorified. And, you know, I whoever is listening, I think you're meant to be listening to this and, and really start getting honest with yourself. And something that I developed starting with the COVID lockdown 15, 16 months ago is what I call sit and stare time. And it's a minimum five minutes a day. I do more like an hour, either at a time or divide it up. And I sit and stare out the window and process and reflect. There's been so much to process this past year alone, not just with COVID. There's been so many other viruses in our world. World, as everyone is well aware of and check in with, your, with yourself like you would a small child and ask, how are you doing? What do you need right now? What's working? What isn't? Who do you need to let go of? What do you need to let go of? And the days you're feeling extra brave and bold, say, I'm so proud of you. You handle that upsetting email with so much grace and compassion. You didn't lose your cool like you would in the past. Great job. I'm, I'm, I'm really honoring the work that you've been putting in. And it, it sounds almost laughable or and it's certainly counterintuitive to have these sorts of dialogues with ourselves because what is it normally? Like you suck, you got that wrong. Look at Sally. She's doing so much better than you. Why can't you put yourself out there like Johnny and achieve all these things? I mean, it's so sick. And yet it's so embedded in our subconscious that we don't even realize how sick the society is that we're subscribed to. So it is that conscious unplugging from that, this thought system, plugging into the truth, which, which is that you are so powerful. You can do whatever you decide is important enough and really making these a, a, a practice. I, I know it's, it's not easy. And that's why having a strong why for me, it, it is my friends, Sam and Roth, who are no longer with us. I dedicated the book to them and to everyone who, who struggles with mental health, which turns out is everyone. Hello. It's part of the human condition. And so um, getting more comfortable doing these inner exercises. And, and, and the thing is you get all the results, just like physical exercise, and it may not happen overnight, but we become the men and women who are capable of attracting the experiences and opportunities and relationships. And we're building the inner confidence that can withstand any storm. So you, you want to start, you want to keep doing these practices because you see such incredible results, starting with how you feel and, and, and how improved your relationships in life really becomes. Yeah. And I think, you know, just your experience with being that athlete, like I played sports in high school and college too. So, you know, coming from that, I could totally relate to what you were talking about where you're like, this is a workout. It's like, you know, we work out our bodies, we got to work out our mind, our soul and spirit. But also the fact that you were a model, you know, you were a part of television. I mean, you know, your whole outside and being attached to the physical and this three-dimensional, you know, body here, and then to move more into the spiritual state and realizing that you were so much more than the physical. But, you know, I, I really feel like I'd like you to talk about that too, because there's a lot of ego work that needed to, gosh, probably be worked through there and not ego in a bad way of like, oh, you know, I'm a model, you know, this and that. But it's kind of like the way that people were probably poking at the ego and making it be all about the beauty or this or that. And I remember the story that you told about getting replaced with like, 
what was it? Computer generated himself. Yeah. Yeah. A computer generated image. And they're like, yeah, we don't need you anymore. We're just going to use this. It's like, wow. You know, and I think about that all the time of like artists and musicians. And you stated it in your book too. It's like people almost feel like they have a free ride to be able to comment and judge you and kind of forget that you're this actual real person on the other side of that image or on the other side of that Instagram account. So I'd like to just hear a little bit more about how you were able to break down and maybe even come into a better relationship with your own ego and take care of it with how it might have been damaged in that industry and then how you kind of came out the other side with that. Yeah, it's such a great and important question. And I I, I never wanted to be a model. I, I really kind of fell into the business. And, you know, I'm a journalist and, and a writer. And I, I moved to New York City for a TV job that fell through about a week after I arrived. And so I was kind of scrambling and, and the writing job. Sadly, writing good writers aren't valued as much in our society as beauty. And so you know, I didn't want to be a model for the, ooh, look at me, I'm a model. I'm like, I wanted to pay my bills and and be able to continue my writing career on the side and, and living in such an expensive city. So, you know, I, I feel like in many ways, modeling the business kind of chose me to, you know, everything is never, it's always a, a higher purpose and what we're here to heal in our, in our soul and in our, our, you know, agreements that we have when we come into this lifetime. But that, that business brought up every insecurity I, I knew I had and even more that I didn't know that I had. And I think it was this whole healing process, but, but quite painful. And if you really think about it, how absurd is it for, you know, you to be judged based on mom and dad and grandma and grandpa's genetics and, and not just the genetics, but some random person's opinion of your genetics. And then so many times I would lose the job and I'd, I'd watch the ad. I talk about being up for this huge national commercial starring Sofia Vergara and the casting director said I was exactly what they were looking for. I go on all these auditions. I don't get the job and I'm devastated. But when I see the commercial, my, my polar opposite got the job, a petite African-American woman when I'm, you know, a, a very tall, very curvy Caucasian blonde woman. So there, there was the relief and the laughter in that and, and that message that, you know, 99.9% of the things that happened to us, it, it's, it's not about us even it's, you know, some, so I, I take rejection much better now. And I think for me, when I think of rejection, I think don't self-reject. I think we reject ourselves and overlook ourselves so many times and criticize ourselves so many times. So that was a lesson for me, even with being publicly body shamed and it, that being hurtful. And then me really taking my power back and thinking, you know, my thoughts and opinions about my body are the only ones that truly matter. And, and P.S. and by the way, Kate, you are guilty of dishing out some pretty harsh criticism of your body and your appearance. So I think the more that we can, you know, disengage from all the nonsense and other people's opinions and really tune into what we think and cultivate those inner characteristics like kindness and intelligence and compassion. And, and that's what, you know, people used to ask me, oh, what's your biggest beauty secret when I would do magazine articles? And I said, valuing myself for something other than my appearance. <laughs> you know, I love beauty products as much as the next person, but 
you know, I, I, at the end of the day, feel good about myself because I am able to connect with other people in a meaningful way. I'm kind, I'm compassionate. I'm a good friend. I spend a lot of time researching and, and, and proving my mind. And I do my full spirit workout exercises and improve my spirit so I can contribute to the world in a uplifting way. So, you know, I, I think it's also, it's worth mentioning that when, when you are looking at someone who it's like, oh, wow, must be nice to be them, or they're so attractive, or they have this, or they have that, really try to look beneath that and connect with them on a deeper level because, you know, I get judged a lot. And in the promotion of this book, I mean, I had a woman in a live television interview say to me, well, you're young and beautiful. You get whatever you want. And I just, you know, and it's, these are five, six minute segments. I've got 45 seconds to answer. I was kind of like, wow. Especially when the first thought I had was, I get everything I want because of what I look like. The love of my life jumped off a bridge, but okay. I didn't say that, but I just, you know, I really spoke to, you know, are we still doing this? Are we still judging people in this way and and not even bothering to ask deep, rich, meaningful questions to find out who they actually are, knowing that everyone has been through something. So I encourage people to start asking better questions, starting with themselves and, and, and really getting clear on who they are and what really matters. Yeah. I mean, that's that's such a beautiful point that you make. And I think I'm a fortunate person in the career that I've had to be able to sit in another seat across from millionaires, billionaires, beautiful people, skinny women, you know, everything that our world would say, oh, they have it, right? They have the house, they have the looks, they have the body, the perfect body. And some of those people were struggling so much deeper than maybe some of my clients that had extra weight on or that, you know, were getting food stamps and were really struggling to pay the bills, but they weren't suffering as much as some of the people that their clients that I have had that appeared and in reality did have life a little bit easier. I would say more with my clients that had the financial means doesn't make life perfect. It might make it a little bit easier because you're not having to be in such a survival state, but you're absolutely right. And, you know, I think that is just something that I always say my clients gift me, you know, that was a gift that I got very early on in my therapy experience in doing counseling was to, you know, see people from all different walks of life living in so many different ways. Yet the key component is that everyone wants to be seen, to be heard, to be loved, and really just is looking for that. And they want peace and they want happiness. So it's like, it doesn't matter what body we take or what form or how much money we have as human beings there is a constant running theme in all of our lives of what really touches our heart and what we're yearning for. So you you made a great, great point. We just wanted to take a quick break to talk about our sponsor for today's episode, Path 11 TV. Not a fan of watching videos on your computer or laptop? Neither are we. That's why we recently launched the Path 11 TV app for your smartphone and TV. Now you can watch on your iPhone, iPad, and Android devices, or if you prefer to wind down in your living room, you can now watch on your Roku, Apple TV, and Amazon Fire devices. For listeners of the podcast, the easiest way to get started is by pointing your web browser to path11tv.com and starting a seven-day free trial. But be sure to use coupon code PODCAST30, again, that's PODCAST30, to take 30% off of an annual membership for maximum savings. 
Once your membership is started, visit your smartphone or TV's app store and download the Path 11 TV app. Once downloaded, you can then link to your newly created account and start streaming on the go or relaxing in your living room. Visit path11tv.com for all the details. So let's go to the full spirit workout because you have exercises in here and stuff like that. And maybe we can, I told you I wanted to talk a little bit about A Course in Miracles because you bring that up as well in here. And I would say I'm I'm a little bit of a student. I've read a lot of the works of Gabby Bernstein and Marianne, led down to Marianne's talks that she had down in the city at the church where she was at and stuff like that. And I have a book club of ladies who were like, come on, let's do the whole book. And I feel a little overwhelmed by it, but I was like, okay, I think next year I'm actually going to start from, you know, assignment one. But just in some of the work that I did with Gabby Bernstein's book, it really changed the mind, right? And you were talking just recently about like how harsh we can be with, oh, I didn't do that right. Oh, I'm a loser. How could I have messed that up? What is wrong with me? And the Course in Miracles in your book too, you know, with the full spirit workout here is really trying to get the reader to change that way of thought, that way of thinking. You know, you have beautiful mantras in here and you have journal exercises for the reader to do. So can you talk about the importance of how we can begin to change that inner critic, to change that negative thinking and how that is a spiritual workout? Yeah. And, you know, A Course in Miracles, I, after I, I lost Sam and Roth, those following years, I was, I was hardcore about this spiritual text. It's a metaphysical text. There's no doctrine. There's no dogma. It, it really is a, a change in your mindset. And instead of plugging into, you know, a society, for instance, which is all about fear-based thinking, we're plugging into thoughts based on, on love and what I like to refer to as trust and surrender and building up that, that trust muscle. And really what you learn right out of the gate is that nothing really means anything. It's, it's, the, it's the meaning that we give it. For instance, I mean, you start out as simple as looking at the chair in your room and it's just, what does this chair mean? The chair on its own really means nothing. It's just the value or meaning that we give it. And you think, wow. And so again, at first it does seem counterintuitive. That's why it is a training. And I think people too, I want to just remind everyone this, I feel like Tom Brady comes up in every one of my interviews, I think, because, you know, we are both Big Ten athletes at the same time and he's still winning Super Bowls and, and my knees hurt when I go to Pilates. So I bow down to you, Tom, but that is that is just a testament to how hard he practices and trains. It's that important to him. Winning Super Bowls is important to him. And so he puts in the proper training. If it's really important to you to have a peace of mind, to have really quality relationships, to feel that inner unshakable, unbreakable confidence that no one can ever take from you. You will sit down and do these practices. You will finally write your book. You will reach out to people. You will do the things because often I hear people say, I don't have time or must be nice or I'm too busy. And, and as a coach, this is what we call honest labeling. And I say, is it that you don't have the time or that you, you don't make this a priority in your life. And it's kind of that mic drop moment where the person might not even like you for saying that, but we, the truth is we do have time and, and we can do whatever we decide is important enough. So for me, my, my inner well being, especially after what I've gone through and, and then this past year, I'm no longer willing to go to a dark place or to that's what I don't have time for. That's what I'm too busy for is 
raising my voice to a loved one because I'm overwhelmed, I'm exhausted, I'm sleep deprived, I'm not caring for my my well-being. So it, it is just a, a moment to ask yourself who you want to be. This is certainly a great resource that has helped me a lot. I was very committed to it. And and I, I feel that. And, you know, speaking of the, of the course, uh, one of my favorite principles from the course is our good intentions are not enough. Our willingness is everything. And, and so much a part of my practice is are you willing? You know, I will look up and say, dear God, I am really judging this person, but I am willing not to, or, oh, I am not enlightened enough to not lose my temper when this person triggers me in this way. You know, please take this from me. I am, I am willing to forgive this person. I am willing to not be triggered by these comments. And as you do it and becomes a practice, again, you're building that inner musculature where you become a person, the person to you really aren't that triggered anymore. The person still says the same things. The world is still crazy and chaotic and uncertain, but you are steady and strong on the inside. You've become the person. And, and by the way, when we are triggered, because this is a big topic for people, as I'm sure you know, it's just that your values are, are being disrupted or challenged. You know, I, I value freedom more than anything. It's my number one value. So when I feel someone's really trying to control or manipulate me or not accept me or see me as I am, my freedom feels violated and I have a reaction, but now I'm just like, oh, you feel this way because it's being violated. I'm conscious, I'm aware. And then I can choose like, oh, that's what's happening. I don't need to give away my power. Okay, that's what that is. And you know, maybe the solution is I will spend less time with this person or I will set a kind, loving, firm boundary. Yeah. Well, and that's, you know, you talk about that too in the book too. It's like also giving yourself permission to let go of people and situations that really aren't of service to you anymore. And I think that is a real big challenge for a lot of people. It's like, they'll know, or they'll come in and they'll talk to me be like, oh, I have this friend. She's just so negative and, you know, but she's been my best friend forever. And either they just don't know how to break away from that or feel guilty, right? The guilt that comes in, like all these low vibration um, energies that, and emotions that just kind of keep us stuck in a place. But yeah, maybe we should go to that topic next too. It's like, how do you begin to set these boundaries, break these bonds maybe with people that are just lowering your frequency and really aren't maybe moving in the same path or the same pattern or really able to step back and observe themselves and see, you know, kind of that negative thought pattern within themselves and then you needing to step away from that because that, that's a really hard task. And I see so many people on their spiritual path having to do that. And there's a lot of grief there too. Yeah, I, 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 I have become very practiced at listening. That's something that the course has helped me with. And that's why sit and stare time is so important and meditation is so important because I'm tuned into that divine wisdom, not the ego that's telling you how you're not good enough, but that divine was, and something that came to me last year, probably a month or two into our, our lockdown is, I, I, I love this. I put it on Instagram. It was very relatable for a lot of people. And I, I said, when you grow, be prepared to outgrow a lot of people. And this is not to come from a place of, of judgment, although it's easy to go to that place. But for me, when I, I go to a place of judgment, I immediately shift into compassion because that's a much a better place to, to dwell and having compassion for 
the person wherever they are on their journey and and wherever you are on your journey. But, you know, relationships are family members, lifetime assignments. Uh, This may not always mean that you like them, but they are here, a romantic relationship. Oh, they're to trigger you and bring up all your stuff like no other. But if you look at it as a form of detox and you're, you're getting all this stuff out, then you can, you know, honor that relationship, even if it, it didn't turn out the way you wanted it to, or you ultimately break up. I think if you can think how you've learned and, and how you grew in that time, that's great. I think with relationships, some have run their course. Not everyone is meant to be in our life forever. That's okay. I just encourage you to release people with love and, and compassion and grace. Otherwise, as I've experienced, you will keep attracting the same person over and over because you have not worked out your stuff. And so for me, I, you know, I feel like I dated the same man again and again. He had a different name and, and job title same dude, in my case, emotionally unavailable. And it wasn't until I realized like, oh my gosh, I am emotionally unavailable. And did that work? I stopped attracting those people. We were no longer a match. I didn't need to work that out anymore with other people because I had worked it out with myself. So again, that's another, you know, another quote from the course is, may we be generous out of self-interest, meaning let's do the work so that it's not, we don't have to, we don't have to depend on other people to do it for us. We can be the people to work this out. But yeah, I think it's actually good when we outgrow some people and some relationships and you can love people from afar or from a distance. You can forgive people and not need to go to lunch with them again and 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 just release with love. And, and I think the motivation for when this is hard is think about when you clear that space lovingly, you invite in all these new people. That's what's happened to me with this book and meeting so many incredible people like yourself I have room to bring in people who see me and hear me and acknowledge me and genuinely genuinely love and support me and want to give to me rather than just take. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yes. And I love how we're kind of like bouncing around in so many different aspects of the book. But I love the reframe about the relationships that you have where you were like, you know, instead of making a list of all the things that you want in a partner, turn the list and who do you want to be? as a partner in this relationship. So I really love that example that you just gave about, you know, finding yourself in relationships with the same person, unemotionally available, then you turned within and looked at ways that you were emotionally unavailable. And I just think that is like such a great coaching tool to give to people that are like, oh, I, you know, I I just want to find love, want to find love, want to find this person. But you really challenge the reader to say, stop looking for that other person. Go to yourself. Who do you want to be? What do you want to bring to a relationship? Have you done the work to be the healthiest version of yourself in this relationship? So I absolutely love the section on relationships too. Let's just kind of go over just so people know too, before we kind of start coming to the end here, you have a 10 step approach. So um, just, I just kind of wanted to read, you know, you broke it up into 10 chapters, but really the 10 steps are, and then maybe you can talk about what maybe your top two, like what's really important. Because I'm telling you, I know back in the day, a part of me would be like, okay, let me just hop to the most important step. (laughs) Do I have to read all 10? Well, yes, everybody has to read all 10. But, you know, she has, you know, each step lined out 
in the book with stretch your comfort zone, which I absolutely love too. Lift yourself up, feel the bird, strengthen your core confidence, build your emotional muscles, boost your mental metabolism, step up your spiritual stamina, embrace your endorphins, which was really great. So we're probably not going to have time to talk about the neuroscience, but you kind of go into that as well, which is for those of you who really love the neuroscience, you know, Kate covers that in this book as well. Rock the freedom freestyle and cool down with inner calm. So do you have kind of a favorite workout in your book or a favorite step that, you know, if our listeners could just take that away and, and they might be the listeners that say, I don't have time to read her book. <laughs> yes, you do. You're just not baking it, but you at least made the time to listen to this podcast. What would be maybe your top two steps that you feel like would be really important for our listeners to hear? Yeah, I feel like this is such a tough question because these feel like my 10 children and I, I do love them all equally. And this program is directional, not linear. You can bounce and switch around. I pick up my own book and when I'm, you know, sometimes when I get in that space of my, my thing I have to overcome is I always want to be 10 steps ahead of where I am. So I'm like, oh, girl, you need to, you know, I go and I think there's this myth too, like, oh, if you write the book, you don't need to do it. That's like, again, saying to a top athlete. You've won a Super Bowl. You don't have to practice anymore. No, you actually have to practice harder than everybody to maintain and to keep reaching those, those high goals. So what's coming to me right now to share, and this is step seven, um, step up your spiritual stamina. And this is, this is all about surrender and that, that trust muscle and, and really two stories to illustrate this. One is, is the reason that I'm alive. So it's, it's something that I think of often, you know, my, my mother couldn't get pregnant for nearly eight years. And doctors said, if you want to have kids, you're going to have to adopt, you know, she had health reasons. You know, my, my dad luckily even returned from the Vietnam war where the, this could even be a possibility. They got married and he went to Vietnam the next week. Many of his counterparts did not return sadly. So you know, growing up, she always called us miracle children and, and we're all miracles. It is a miracle to, to be alive. But I asked her, what does this mean? And she shared this story and I said, well, gosh, how were you able to get pregnant after all this time? And she said, I, I gave up. And she didn't mean she threw in the towel or, or stopped being with my dad. She is a woman of faith, believes in a higher power. She literally gave it up, surrendered. And I think that took all the stress and pressure off of her body. And she got pregnant with my brother a month later. And my brother and I are only 18 months apart. So to not, and it's the seventies where people are like, and you know, my parents were dinosaurs back then. They were mid thirties before they had kids. And it's like, what's wrong with you? They had been married 10 years. And so it, it is just such a testament to, to giving up as an act of faith. And I start off the chapter with, again, a divine download I got uh, that says being okay if it happens and okay if it doesn't is a very powerful place to be. And that was a personal antidote that I shared about even getting this book deal. I and mean, it's like this book that you're reading is a result of, of my own surrender. And it wasn't easy, you know, and full disclosure, I had some rejections on, on the path to this publication. And, you know, my agent sounded just as deflated as I felt when she delivered this latest rejection that the publisher gave at the 11th hour. And I remember looking up at, at God and the angels and saying, you know what? I, I took this project on for you. I don't have time to write a book right now. You know, why would you have me do all this work if you're not going to help me see it through? I mean, I was so <laughs> upset 
and 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 had some choice words for from a people up there. And you know, I went to my my go to comfort place in New York City, and I'm having my pizza and and my my red wine, and and I heard that quote, and I understood it not just in my mind intellectually, but I felt it in my bones and in my body, which is where wisdom lives. And I, it was that moment of, you're right. I don't care when it happens anymore. I'm going to give it up and stop trying to force or control or manipulate. And I, I, this is a divine assignment. I know that it will happen. So I don't care when. And it was that, that really that act of that act of surrender in that moment and, and truly trusting, not just paying lip service to it or posting the quote on Instagram. And two weeks later, I was on the phone with my now publisher and my agent and, and the, the book deal happened for the book that everyone is now able to read. And I just think to believing in divine timing and that I'm so glad this didn't happen when I wanted it to happen because, you know, I went back to school and got my master's degree and, and got seven certifications in that time I was waiting and, and quite annoyed at times. So I, I think just, you know, keep putting one foot in front of the other, trust the process, trust in yourself, trust in a higher power, whether it's God, the universe, nature, we can all agree there, there's a power greater than ourselves working behind the scenes at all time. And this is a, a practice like anything else, but, but it works. And, and I'm the proof and my clients are the proof. And, and I love hearing stories of people putting these exercises into practice and, and yielding such incredible results. So have fun with it. Fun is in the subtitle and, and you can bounce around, read here and there. But I, I will also say a friend of mine said, I have never been able to finish a book ever. I get distracted, whatever. And she said, I read your book cover to cover in two days and then put it down and read it again, cover to cover in a couple of days. And so, you know, I, I'm with people, I'm busy, I'm distracted. So I made this a really fun, enjoyable read and something that you actually want to do. Yeah, it's so true, too. It is a very easy read. You don't really want to put it down. You want to keep going to the next. And so it's fabulous. And I absolutely love your publicists, New World Library. They bring us a lot of our guests. And uh, Kim, a shout out to Kim, because she is amazing. So I think you have a really good publicist. So as they say, right, like sometimes what you don't get is a stroke of luck and you know, I've heard so, so many stories of writers needing to go through and getting those rejections before the timing is right or the right place or the right people that will really believe in your work and, and do the work that they need to for you. So it's awesome. The full spirit workout, everyone, a 10 step system to shed yourself down, strengthen your spiritual care and create a fun and fulfilling life. And I want to leave you guys with page 29. She has some just beautiful questions and also daily mantras. So the first question that I want you to take away is how is sticking to what is familiar and safe keeping you stuck? So maybe that's something to ponder after this podcast. And I'm going to give you a few of these daily mantras that maybe you can take with you as well after listening to this podcast and begin to integrate it into your life. And you can thank Kate for this. Number one, I accept exactly where I am on my journey right now. I release my fear of what others will think. And this is a really good one. I gamble for fun by having the courage to try again and again. Okay, I'll give you guys one more because I love this too. <laughs> I surrender expectations from myself 
others, situations, and experiences. So those are just a few beautiful takeaways from this book. She has meditations in here that are beautiful. You could read them, close your eyes, and then think about them again. Great questions to contemplate. Kate, it was such a blessing to have you on the podcast today. Can everyone the full spirit workout? Watch it on Path 11 TV. Watch this conversation on Path 11 TV. I think it's nice to be able to see who I'm talking to, which is why we've added those video versions. And Kate, take us home. Let us know where people can find you if they want to work with you, if they want to do coaching with you, taking classes. I hope maybe to even meet you someday because we're so close. So maybe, you know, when I'm down in the city, I'll, I'll send you an email and say, hey, let's have some pizza and wine. Uh, <laughs> after my own heart. Thank you again so much for having me. I could talk to you all day. This has been just even such a healing and beautiful conversation and connection for me to share. So thank you. Best part about writing a book besides actually writing it is, is this and, and connecting with people and being able to share it and us really gathering as a community and connecting online, which we can do at kateekman.tv, K-A-T-E-E-C-K-M-A-N.tv, like the tube that you watch. The fullspiritworkout.com has all the book information, all the links where you can buy and traditional bookstores or online. And I would just love to connect with you on social media. Everything is Kate Ekman and, and say hi, say that you, you heard me here on Path 11. And I just want to also leave everyone with, with the truth that is you are so powerful and you can do whatever you decide is important enough. And, and I know you've got a lot going on. I know it's been a really challenging year and a half, but you have so many beautiful gifts that only you have. You have so many incredible strengths that I'd love for you to start identifying them, leveraging them to not only uplift yourself in your life, but everyone in the world around you. And, and we're all in this together. So let's go. The time is now. This is your sign. And I'm just, I'm so appreciative of, of all of you. So thank you. Yes, thank you. And thank you everyone for listening. I hope that you have found this podcast of value and that you keep on listening. Love you guys. And I will bring another amazing guest to you next week. Take care, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's show. If you haven't already, please subscribe and rate and review the Path 11 podcast in Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, this podcast is made possible by our sponsor, Path 11 TV. Visit path11tv.com to start a seven-day free trial and start streaming over 100 hours of exclusive video content on consciousness, healing, and life after death. That's path11tv.com, and be sure to use coupon code PODCAST30 to take 30% off your annual membership. Start satisfying your spiritual curiosity with a membership to Path11TV today. Bye for now.